Welcome back. We are continuing with um, the Maharal and the Ten Makas, excuse me, the Tzach Hadash Ba'achav. And we're doing the Sunday morning in lieu of our uh, regularly scheduled Breakfast and Learn. Breakfast and Learn is on hiatus right now for the Pesach break, but learning is never on hiatus, and we're going to continue with Maharal and Gevurus Hashem and the Ten Makas. So what do we see so far? The Maharal, in this whole parak, is really expanding. And the arrangement that Rabbi Yehuda gives us of the Tzach Adash Ba'achav, he breaks down the ten makas into three groups, three triplets, and then makas Bukharis at the end. Three sets of three. And the Maharal is, is really milking this for all that it's worth. The Maharal is giving us insight upon insight as to what the, the depth and the, the wisdom and the lessons that are going on behind the scenes in Rabbi Yehuda splitting up the makas and cate- arranging the makas as such. What we saw so far, what we saw so far is uh, the Maral saw a pattern, he identified in a, pat- a pattern, and in the pattern we have, in each set of three, we have the first two with a warning and the third is without a warning. Dam Tzvardeh come with a warning, Kino is without a warning. Arov Endeavor is with a warning, Shechina is without a warning. Barad and Arab is with a warning, Cheshach is without a warning. So he sees two with a warning, one without a warning. <coughs> and he also sees that that's within a mini pattern within each three, and then a greater pattern from each of the three some together is the first three Dam Tzvardeh are affecting the subterranean area below ground level, below the ground. The first, the middle three are above the ground, things that live above the ground, that affects man and animals, and the final three are uh, coming in, in the, the heavenly spheres above the above ground, right? In, in, in the zone of, of the, the air, the sky, above ground, above the above ground. And Maral put together so far the following. He said like this. He said, so far the, 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 the first, the first um, limud, the first teaching that he's seeing in, in the arrangement of the makas and the patterns of the makas are that the makas is one long drawn-out exercise in showing Paro that his authority is a sham. His, and his authority is being put into shambles because it's just a sham. And Paro is, is the is the preeminent Baal Gaiva in, uh, of, of the world. He's the one who's haughty and proud, and he's, he's the ultimate authority, he believes, and he's the one that's in charge, he's controlling the shots, everything's on his terms, and the Makas are uh, drawn out process of showing him that you're wrong. You're wrong, Paro. But we're building up in degrees, we're building up in ignorance. We're going to show you that you're not in charge anywhere. You're not in charge in the zone of existence, below ground level subterranean, that's ponds and ri- rivers and lakes, and that's dirt. And so that's Dam Tzvardei and Kinem. Um, we're going to show you you're not in charge above the ground. That is Arav Dever and Shechin, in the area where the habitat of mankind and animals. And we're going to show you that you're not in charge above the above the ground, in the sky zone, in, in, in the, the, the celestial areas. That's that's things that are flying and floating and, and descending. That's Barat Arba and Choshech, the, the celestial bodies and agents. You're not in charge anywhere. And had that tied in with the warnings is is, is uh, Moshe first warns and warns and doesn't warn. He warns Pyro outside his house, he warns Pyro inside his house, and he doesn't even warn anymore. And I saw in there also a very, a very um, interesting and, and uh, intriguing take of Viter on, 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 on uh, breaking down Pyro's authority. Within each set, we have that mini pattern in which we're first kind of 
almost deferential to Pyro, Moshe warns Pyro about the upcoming Makkah, but more on Pyro's terms, he finds Pyro outside of his palace, he doesn't, Moshe doesn't have the authority right now to challenge Pyro in his own palace. The second Makkah, he challenges Pyro in his own terms, um, you know, she comes Lichbaish as a Malka, Imi Babais, into the palace itself. And the final Malka, we're dismissive of Paro. Very dismissive. We Machavek Paro. We give Paro the Malka without any warning. Okay, this is a brief summary in 4 minutes and 14 seconds, minus the few seconds that I took to give everyone a good morning of what we had last week. Now let's continue. Miles gonna, is, is, is on a roll over here. He's going to see more and more and more and more action and excitement, complexities, and, and um, lessons over here within the the Tzach Adash Bachav. The arrangements of the three sets of three. Right, so we are on page Reish Nun Beis. And the standard, um, what was their name again? The standard, it was a family that put this out originally. Um, the standard, um, what? I started the copies from the Reish Nun Gimel. So copies start from Reish Nun Gimel. <laughs> so, um, okay, that's... Yeah, but there's a Void on Reish Nun Beis. So um, that's okay because I I do things like that all the time. I want it every single time. No, I, got, I have the other one. You have the other one. Okay, so Rabbi Aronson. I could do it for What we'll share with everyone for the we have about twelve lines over here, thirteen lines on Rishon and Beis. Um. Yeah, it's okay. These things happen. In- inevitably, whenever people ask me to make copies of Ration on Bays, I always start from Ration on Gimel also myself. So that's okay. Here we're going to start from V'oid over here. This is the final paragraph on the left-hand column of Ration on Bays. V'oid, da. So you should know like this as well, says the Ram, says the Marau. The Makas are coming in triplets and sets of three. Tatach, Adash, Bachav. And again, what about Makas Bechar? So we keep coming back to it, but that's, there's the 10th, right? How does the 10th fit in? So we've seen again and again the Maral, every approach that he's going to have, we have the same idea that Makas Bechar is like all encompassing, all the, 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 the koilo, the all encompassing super Makkah that, that, that encompasses, incorporates, and, 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 and summarizes all the Makas. Okay, that's 3, 3, and 3, and then the super Makkah, Makas Bechar, which. The all-encompassing one. But anyway, it says the Maral that the Makas comes in, in triplets and sets of three. There's something even more amazing than what we said so far going on behind the scenes. Says the Maral, yes, we've identified that the Makas come in, 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 uh, to attack various zones, various habitats, beneath the ground, above the ground, and above the above the ground. But even in each zone, now there's an unspoken question. There's an unspoken question over here that Maral's going to uh, answer without speaking out. The unspoken question is, so we want to have Makas in all three zones, subterranean, supraterranean, and celestial terranean, below the grand, above the grand, and above the above the grand. Why do you have to have three in each one? Why do you have to have three? Now you talked about the significance of three st- series of warnings, but in terms of like affecting the ground and affecting below the ground and above the ground and and the, and the, the sky, the skies and the heavens. Why do you have to have three? Why do you have to have three? What, one mark is sufficient to show to show everybody God's, you know, has more authority than you power down here, and God has more authority than you power over here, and God has more authority than you power over there. Why do we need a threesome? That's the unspoken question over here. <clears throat> in other words, there has to be an explanation for everything. Everything has to fit in. So says the Ma'aram, In each habitat, let's start with below the grand. It's not 
it's not as if there is one homogeneous type of existence below the grand and above the grand and above the above the grand. Not like everything is like one consistent. If you're below the grand, there's only one aspect of that. Above the ground, there's only one aspect. In the sky area, there's only one aspect. Says that Maharal, that's not true. That's not true. At Shatoimer, if we would be able to say that, to the degree that we would say, if if there's only one variety, one it all comes in one slice, one flavor. There's only one type of existence below the grand, one type of existence above the grand, etc. Then we'd be able to say that one makkah would show Hashem has a greater authority than Paro below the grand. But that's not the case. That's not the case. So, so we hear what the Maral is, is bothered by, what he's coming to address, without him as, asking the question. We hear where he's where he's going, what he's answering. He's answering. <clears throat> why do you have to have multiple makkahs by every zone? Why do you have to have three? So he's saying. It's not one macro would have been sufficient if there's only one type of existence in each in each habitat. but that's not the case. Each zone of existence has is varied, has a variety over there. Um, that's why you have to have three macros in every habitat. So why three? So it's a vaiter. Is it only so now that the Maral has made it clear to us that there isn't one variety in every in every zone. It's not like everything that exists below the ground comes in one flavor. Everything that exists above the ground comes in one flavor. That's not the case, right? It's, there's a variety in every habitat. Aha, so that explains why there's three Maccas then for every habitat? Because what, what's the terrorist? So there, there's some Maral saying, don't think there's only one type of existence in every habitat. LMI, there's only three. That's the Pshat, there's only three. So that's why there's only Domsfar Dayakinim, because there's only three flavors. Life only comes in three flavors over there and over here and over here. Three types of existence. That's also a little silly, right? I mean, it's, things are very varied. Below the grand, above the grand, and above the above the grand. Certainly, there's much more variety than just three. We bought into the Maral's argument that there's not just one. So you can't just have one Maka. But why does that mean? Okay, so then there's going to be three Makas, right? And you're into question, well, so why three? So says the Maral, listen to what's going on over here. Three, three does not correspond to every type of existence. Three corresponds to the concept, to the notion of variety. Three is the number of variety. How's three the number of variety? Listen to this. This is, this is here's classic Maral thought. Classic Maral thinking over here. Keep a misbar shloisha. With the number three, you have all the possibilities for all the combinations for all variety. Yeshtea kitzvois. Three is always a number. The Maral does this a lot in a lot of different places. Three... <clears throat> Let's let's borrow this Yid's Mechiros Chametz contract. This does not invalidate his Mechiro, okay? <laughs> Whoever we're using right now, Alexander. So, with two points, this is how the Ma'ara always looks at life. With two points, this is good. This doesn't invalidate. It doesn't invalidate it. I'm his agent, so I'm allowed to do whatever I want. You know, he, he put his put his life in my hands. So, two gives us two points, right? One, one concept, one point is a singularity, right? When you have two, you have a, a, a line delineated, described by two points, two points on a line, but the two points give you the beginning and the end, which it means two extremes, all the way on one side and all the way on the other side. That's what two points always gives you, okay? By definition, two extremes, two extremes, not just a line, but they give me the line with two extremes because the lines, the points, describe and delineate the beginning and the end. When we have a third point, you could put it in the middle, but the Maral usually makes a triangle, but it, it, for 
this morning's purpose is it doesn't really make much of a difference. A third point goes in the middle. Okay, and either now describes a triangle for us or describes a, a midpoint. Two points describes a line, gives us length. A length, though, with two extremes, and the third dot, a third point, a third notion, gives us a midpoint, which gives us the concept of balance, gives us the ability to have balance. So that's the difference in, in progressing from two to three. The two will always describe a line, but a line with two extremes. Extreme, have extreme on the left, extreme on the right. When I have a third point, it gives me two things together. First of all, it now gives me a third dimension. Right? If I put it down here, a third point gives me two points can never give you can never give you a third dimension. It can only give you two dimensions. A third point gives you a third dimension, but also provides you with a midpoint. It provides you with balance. So that's the Maral's approach always to to looking at things in terms of triplets, in terms of threesomes. Two is sets up a a two dimensional line with, but by definition with two extremes because the two points describe the ends of that line. I have one extreme over here, one extreme over there, and they could be further apart, and they are as far apart as possible. That's what they're doing by describing the line. The third point always gives me that balance, gives me a balance, gives me a midpoint, gives me the ability to, to synthesize, to take a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and I can shift and adjust that, right? I can have a little bit more of, of the left and less of the right, more of the right, less of the left, or I can have it exactly in the middle. Says, so that's what three, the concept of three always, always indicates this, okay? So, when we go from one Makkah to three Makkahs in each of the zones, again, we have Dom Tzvardeya below Grand, Arav, Dever, and Shechin above Grand, and Barad, Arba, and Chayshech above the above Grand, in the skies, in the heavens. So instead of having just one Mac in each of those areas, I have three, and that affects all of the possibilities in each habitat, all of the, all of the, the varieties in each habitat. Three is the way of describing all varieties, because all varieties ultimately are about all the combinations you can have from one extreme, the other extreme, and the midpoint in the middle, which gives you the ability to harmonize and synthesize and, and, and combine, and, and, and that's what produces all varieties. So let's see that inside. The Maral's going to speak all that inside, and he's going to do that in each of the habitats, and he's going to show us how each of the three Makkas, you know, it's not just about the number three. We're going to see something amazing. The Ramchal is going to blow this sky high. Each of the three are mamish, the, the, the two kitzvahs, the two extremes, plus the, the balance point. The two extremes plus the balance point. It's not just the number three, it's the fact that these Makkas were actually the extremes with the balance points. And that, and, and, and that shows us, again, that the Mac is affecting all areas of the... Um, of that particular habitat, um, all varieties, all aspects, all aspects of each zone. Says there Maharal, um, Whenever you have the number three, the number three is a big breakthrough. But with two, two, the number two just gives us two points, which describes a line, which has either this, either on this end or on this end. Number three gives us a midpoint, gives us the ability to have balance, and gives us the ability to have synthesis. So that's why we start, again, the first three Makkas, which are the set that are below ground, Dom Tzvardeya or everything that affects the ground below the human habitat, below animal habitat, <coughs> subterranean bodies of water and dirt and dust. So on, in the first set of three, which is affecting below the ground, that, that habitat, so we start with Dam. What's the, what's the essence of Dam? Ki Dam yesh ba'itav ishiyas. Ishiyas, a lotion of ish over here. The chamimus, v'zeyadua. Dam represents heat, represents fire, represents ish. Okay? V'zeyadua. The yadua, he means, you know, he's when Ramarao says yadua, he means al-pi kabbalah. But, but, um, but al-pi, 
Pshat also, that the dam is where life, a person's life is wrapped up in his dam. The dam is circulating, coursing through our bodies, what keeps us warm and hot, right? A person doesn't have circulation, the limbs begin to go very, very cold, right? The, the, the heat is in the blood, the blood is what keeps the body nice and warm. Um, so that's dam represents the kayak of Eish, the kayak of Chamimus. Fire, heat, warmth, Veshekenegdo. So that's that's dam. So the first makkah was dam. That's that's an aspect of ash in subterranean. Then we have tzvardim. Tzvardim are what? Those are amphibious. Tzvardim swarm and 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 reproduce and and emerge from water, from the water, from the yard. They came out of the yard. Shame miteva hamayim. Tzvardim are amphibious. They're cold-blooded. They're, they're, they are they are they are produced from water. They live in the water. Their habitat is water. That's mayim. So we have ash and we have mayim. We have two opposites. We have the fire on one side, ash on one side. We have mayim on the other side. Beautiful. So what's the mamut? So what's the balance point in the first set of three makas? Kinim is the balance between ash and mayim. It's synthesizing Moisture and chamimus and heat. Shemizeh gedelim hakinim kiein hakinim rakmen leichus sheish by ketaschem. Okay, now you should all have the caught uh, up over here. Sheish by ketas chamimus. This lachus that has chamimus. There's an, a, a bit of both in in uh, in, in kinim. Says the Maral. They're not. They don't breed in the water. They don't live in the water. But they have. Um, um, an aspect of lachus, and they have an aspect of chamimus. The kinem, they they uh, are are a midpoint between the two. They're a midpoint between the two, and he doesn't elaborate so much on. It. He kind of leaves it up to us to you know figure out where where where, where he's coming from. That there are a, 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 a balance between the two. Could be he means that they feed off of dam. Could be he means <coughs> that that they that they you know breed. Could breed in moist places, but they feed off of dam. It's not doesn't elaborate so much on it. But if it's very clear, dam that is ash because you know the dam is the nefesh. The dam is heat, the heat of the body. Um, Tzvardeya are, are swarming out of mayim. That's mamish mayim. Mizay kinim is the mamutza between the both. We can't see mamish as being ash. We can't see mamish as being mayim. It could be that's why he means that there are mamutza between the two because we don't see. Um, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, it's not um, immediate. They don't have. Uh, they're not exclusively Asian, not exclusively Mayim, and yet they're coming from um, um, beneath the ground. So that that gives them the the, uh, the 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 blending and the synthesizing of both. The first set of three makas again are coming from below the ground level, beneath our feet, and what we have is davar vehevchay. The matter at its opposite. We have h, and then we have mayim. Ba'ashem amutza name, and we have something that kind of swarms and hops back and forth between the two. It goes back and forth between the two. That offer is is the midpoint between h and mayim. Saying it's a third element. It's a third element. Yeah, but we want something that's a mamutza between h and mayim. I think what he means is that they have lachos, like if you crush kingdom, they, they have some moisture there, but they feed off of them. I think that's what he means, something like that. Um, okay, now he's going to do the same thing for Adash, for Arav Devashkin, and for Ba'acha, for Bard Arba Chayshech, that show the first two makas are the two opposites, two opposite elements, and the third one is the balance. But before we do that, I just want to speak something up before we go on. Um, 
so this is amazing. The Maharal is giving so much depth and so much analysis to the Tetzach Hadash Ba'achav and seeing so many layers and levels of, of significance. But the question is like this. Who, 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 like, who is this um, exactly attacking now? I mean, as we said last week, and as we summarized this morning, that the, the first idea that we had that the Makkas were coming to challenge Paro's authority and show Paro stage by stage, habitat by habitat. Paro, you're not in charge of this zone. You're not in charge of this zone, and you're not in charge of this zone. God, the Rebbeinah Shulaylam is in charge of all these zones, and I'm going to give you, start by giving you a warning that's a nice warning, a polite warning, and then I'm going to give you a brazen warning, and then I'm going to give you no warning, below the grand, above the grand, and above the above the grand. So that was very clear last week, we were challenging Paro's authority. What about now? What about now? Like this whole, all this Torah with the, with the opposites and, and, and the balance in the middle, was Paro like so, so erudite that he was purporting to also be in charge of the, the opposites and I'm in charge of the two opposites down here and, and the balance in the middle and the two opposites over here and the blend in the middle? Like, like, do we need to do this to go into so much lumbness and so much complexity, vital to challenge Paro's authority? Didn't we already do that with the first round of analysis? So in other words, the question I'm asking is, well, what's the, what's the point of this? What's the significance of this? It, 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 the, the way the Maral set it up last week was that we, we need to come and tap a paro from his seat of gaiva, from his seat of pride and hubris, and show him that the Rebbeinu is the one in charge. But we kind of did that already. Do we have to get into all this lumbness to do that? And the answer is... We did that already. What? We did that already. Where? There, 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 Maral had a, already a first set of um, a first a first round of analysis on, on the, just the significance of Max. His first round was just the, 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 the tach was below ground, Adash was above ground, and, and Bachav was in the sky. And with Shung Par, you're not in charge down there. Down there, you're not in charge over here. You're not in charge of, of up there. And then we do that each each set of three Max comes a warning outside of Paris Palace, inside Paris Palace, and no warning. And each three repeats it. So he was showing the Maral's first like that was the first round that he gave us of of, of depth. So this is going more in depth into each one. That's the whole heck of each one. The whole right, right, right. So the, the question I'm speaking <coughs> at was the, the first round was just to, to be, to mach paro avek, to show paro, you think you're in charge everywhere, God is really in charge. It's, maybe I'm not being clear enough for the question. The question I'm asking now is, we kind of already showed paro that he's not in charge anywhere. What, what more are we showing paro um, by, by this extra level of lumbness that, that, you know, there's the two extremes by the, the, below the grand and the balance in the middle, the two extremes and the balance in the middle, meaning <clears throat> was power like so such a lambdan that he was presenting to everyone that I'm in charge of all the extremes and the balance in the middle, so the rebellion also needs to come lafuke that as well. That's why, like, in other words, we get it. It's very, very, very detailed and, 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 and very, um, you know, um, very, very gishmak what the Maral is doing, but but how does this fit into the, just the the whole process of the Makas being a, a, an exercise in showing Paro that you're not in charge, Hashem is in charge. So Teretz is like this. Teretz is this is not so much to show. Uh, 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 this is no longer so much to show Paro where he was wrong, but to show Paro just what Hashem is. There was these two levels of coming la fuke paro. The first level is paro, you think you're in charge everywhere you're not. Look, God is in charge, but in all three habitats, and that's a very simple idea that you definitely can relate to paro. There's a habitat below ground, there's a habitat above ground where man and animals live, there's a habitat in the sky where that's the chayshach and the arba and the barad. And paro, you're not in charge anywhere. You think you're a god, you put yourself all the way in the heavens, and you're in charge of everything. You're not in charge of anything, garnished. So the first, that was, that's what we had last week, and which, which we summarized with this morning. Paro, you're not in charge anywhere. 
And not, who's in charge everywhere? God. And not only God's in charge everywhere, let's show you just how much God is in charge. You don't even chap how lumdish God is. That's the second step in coming Lafuke Par. So, that, so that's Vita, the, the beauty of what the Maharal is doing over here is we Machtavek Par. Par is, at, you know, he's, 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 he's down for the count. We showed him he's not in charge of anything. The Rebbeisham is in charge, but look what the Rebbeisham is. Look, 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 look what kind of a, 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 a God God is and how complex things really are, Paro. So that, that's, that's why make, what makes this a second level of, of, of throwing power away. It could also fit into the first level of, you might think Hashem is just in charge of this aspect of the earth, but maybe not all aspects of the earth. So this is showing that he's in charge of all aspects of the earth. Right, but and not, not as opposed to power. Not you. Not, not power. Maybe power you can say, okay, Hashem has control of this part of the earth or this part of the earth, but there's still Malcolm for me. I can be in charge of some, some point in the middle or some, some part of it. And Hashem said, no, see, the, the, end, the two ends on the middle, I'm, I'm in charge of every, every, every level of it. Yeah, it could be, it could be, but yeah, I, I think that would work if, if we had left some room out from the first round. Like the first round of, of, of the, the first approach that Myral had. Yeah. The approach was more general. Right, but, but yeah. Okay, but yeah. maybe now once you look into it, maybe it's only one aspect. Yeah, okay, Kenzai, yeah, Kenzai, Kenzai. Yeah, okay. So it's here we have. There's only three aspects of the earth. Only three no, aspects. no, 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 no. Means three aspects, but that we explained already. It's not three aspects. No, no, no. The three represents extremes with, with with the balance with the synthesis. Based on his answer, it sounds like that's what we were coming to Fuke. Saying just oh, like Pari, we're not. No, he, in, in in that regard, he's saying the same thing. <laughs> that one aspect would mean one extreme, or another extreme, or or. One extreme, or maybe just two extremes, but that is still the ability to have a synthesis. Okay, um, let's just maybe let's take this to uh, how this th- this idea of the two extremes with the balance point fits into the, the adash and the Bachav. So he continues with the same um, the same approach over here. So moving on to the next round, the 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 adash, the Arab Shkin. So uh, the above ground, the middle habitat where man and animals live, so Aroiv wasn't just animals, it was wild animals, and it was wild animals that came to destroy Egypt, right? Animals that were acting very ill, that were attacking everybody. It wasn't just they woke up one morning and, you know, there were penguins and panda bears, um, you know, and, 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 and uh, puppy dogs. No, it, it, was, it was animals that were, they were destructive. Punikra hashchasa, that's why we call hashchasa, destruction. Says the Maral, was something that was, you know, outside of the realm of Teva, outside the realm of how animals normally act. Normally, normally you know, even, even uh, predators are not, are not um, destructive. They're not destructive. They eat when they're hungry, and they, they you know, when, when, when they need food for themselves and for their, for their pride and for their um, troops, that's when they kill. They kill for food. They're, they're dying. They're not destructive. Um, Arov was destructive. They, they were rampaging. They were on a rampage through Egypt. They weren't hungry. They were rampaging. And even, even animals in the wild aren't, don't rampage. They're not destructive. Lefikach nemer etzol arov tishaches aritz. The lashon the pasuk uses tishaches. There was it was destruction. They were they were on a wild rampage. Bnei arov shahoyu achayzrois mashchitzin v'zeb poyel enotivi. So that's an aspect of something going out of whack. That's nature out of whack in in this habitat. 
Amna Makas Hadever, Dever also brought death, but Hefechse, that's Mamish the opposite, Shamisa Hudaber Tevilaylam, that was just natural death, nothing, there was no destructive, no, dis, d- destruction, nothing that was against Teva, that was just animals collapsing and dying, and that's what happens when uh, natural, uh, natural death, Kiamisa Tivis, Lenevroim Atachtaim, Hare Arav, Bilti Tevilagamri, Vadever Hutevilagamri. So the the Maharal is understanding Dever, Dever just means all the animals collapse and drop dead. We, we translate Dever as like a, like a plague that was running around. Maharal saying it wasn't the plague. The, the Mac of Dever, the Mac of Dever was just all the animals just all started dying. And we would, if we would do an autopsy on the animals, we would find what, what caused the animals to die. The fact that they ceased, ceased living. Like San What do you mean? By, by his troops, the people that yeah. surrounded Yushalayim, they all just died. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. They all died. They all just died. The cause of death was that they ceased living. That's what the autopsy would show. It was in COVID. What? It was in COVID. It was in COVID. COVID. Whatever COVID is. Yeah. That's right. This certainly, Deborah was certainly not engineered in a lab. Right? It was not engineered in a lab anywhere. Um, Deborah was Tivi Lagamri. So this is the Maral's take on Deborah. Deborah means they just stopped living. All the animals stopped living. That's what Deborah was. So it's definitely not Moraine, right? The Maxwell House Haggadah translates Deborah as Moraine. M-U-R-R-A-I-N. I saw that growing up. Moraine. Moraine. So the only place I've ever seen that word used, and the only thing that I know that Moraine is, Moraine is whatever Deborah is. That's what Moraine is. M-U-R-R-A-N-A-I-N. I don't know if Maxwell is still around the Haggadah, right? Do they still translate it as Moraine? Is it still Moraine? What? I haven't seen it. Okay. Um, but, uh, but it's definitely not Moraine. It wasn't Moraine. It wasn't anthrax. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't any of the above things. It was just the, the, the cessation of life. So um, we have, again, very interesting. Arroyv is, is, is ending life, is a destruction of life. Dever is a cessation of life. Shrin is this balance point. Shrin is not something naturally that affects people. People naturally is part of the life cycle. Just as, you know, when you hit a certain age, you get Shrin. No. It's something that is outside the realm of Teva. It's something that your body doesn't normally experience in how your body normally works. It's something that is extra to Teva, extra um, um, natural. But it's also not something that is, uh, you can't say it's out of the no- normal order of nature because it's a, it's a proper disease. Um, it's a proper disease. It's something that can be an aberration of Teva within Teva, like any disease. Any disease, you can't say it's part of the natural, normal functioning of the order of nature because, uh, like a common cold, even though it's common, but the body is not programmed to come down with a cold. At the same time, we call it the common cold because it's within the series of, nat- of nature, within the natural um, of, uh, world, that it, it, it is, it is uh, uh, possible to come down with the common cold. So that's what shechin is as well. Um, we're not programmed to get shechin, but when you do get shechin, it's something that is extra natural, but within the natural order of creation. Um, so that's why Shechin is also that midpoint between the natural order and the, the unnatural order. Shechin is within nature. Our body can contract Shechin if it's exposed to Shechin. 
the fact that our bodies don't naturally on their own contract teva, not something that your body is programmed to do, it's not something that your body is wired to do, doesn't come naturally from within. That's the element of it being outside of teva. That's why it's that balance point between something that is be outside of nature altogether, like animals that just go on a rampage and start attacking and 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 um, and, and ravaging and rampaging, even if they're not hungry, and something that's totally within teva, um, which is just natural death when life ceases. So that's what shchin is. It's exactly the midpoint again. Um, it's contained within teva, but it's it's not within the natural order of teva. Now let's take that now to we'll wrap up with this one. The final three, Bard Arba we have the two extremes and the balance. The natural direction. So these are the three that are happening in the sky zone, in the in the habitat of the skies and, and the heavens. So we have Barad that comes down. Bard naturally comes down because Bard was at his essence um, a ball of ice. Yes, there was that fire within the Maram, it's not Messiahs to the fire, either be just because he's looking at it as Batson being a chunk of ice that Grad had fire inside, or he's not, he's just going with the Pashup Shah and the Psukim. But Bard means hail. Bar means hail. So hail is a downward direction comes down from above. That's barred. Arbe is winged, winged, um, uh, winged, winged beings, uh, the, the locusts. The oif, they go the opposite direction. They're able to go up. Barad only comes down. Flying items, flying beings, flying objects. But also fire. Locusts go up. Also fire inside uh, the barad can go up. Yes, I said already. That's why. That's why I spoke that out. The Maral's napping Mesiachus to the fire part of it. He's looking at Bart as a chunk of ice. That's why I spoke that out. Yeah, um, he's not Mesiachus to the fire. He's looking at Bart's as a chunk of ice again. Either because he's going with the Pasha of the Pesukim, or he just looks at the chunk of ice that Grada had a little bit of fire inside. But the bigger the Bart was was ice. Oif, um, we call it a bird an oif. Oif just means to, to, to ascend, to go high. Oif means high. Oif doesn't really mean fly as much as it means to ascend, to, to go higher. So again, that's going in an upward direction. Bard is a downward direction from the heavens in, in terms of the, the relationship with the heavens, and oif is an upward direction. What was Chayshech was both upward and downward. How is Chayshech upward and downward? Because what does Chayshech affect? The sun, the moon, the stars, the heavenly items, which which revolve, which 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 constantly going down and up and down and up and down and up. That's uh, Mak that affects the heavenly objects, the celestial objects themselves. They they go down, they come back up, they set, and they, they rise, and they rise, and they set. They have both directions. So now you'll ask a Lamdisha question, says the Maharal. You ask a Lamdisha question. The Chayshach affected the sun and the moon, and we can say it affected something that goes down and up, or it affected, that's right, it affected the Mitzrim. Did it affect them? Did it really affected the Mitzrim. The sun and the moon were fine. They were fine. You can ask a, well, a lumpish question over here that maybe wasn't affecting something that goes up and down. Where you, we don't really have that balance. Raklev ne Adam loyla maris ba'atzma was affecting the Egyptians, not the sun and the moon. Says the Maral, ain't a kasha. No, it's not a lumpish kasha. 
You missed the boat. No, you're not looking at the right way. To save safe, a chayshachu lakas hamoiris. There's other moon there to provide illumination and day and night to the inhabitants down here. And when they can't provide to the inhabitants, they're losing their authority over the inhabitants. They're there to serve and to give day and night to the inhabitants. And when they can't do that, yes, it's called a makkah to the sun and the moon themselves. Um, okay. That's the set of three, the two, the, 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 his whole next level of analysis. He's going to talk about how Makas Bechers fits in. Maybe we'll save that for tomorrow. We can see with Makas Bechers, and then we're going to see yet another level of, uh, of, of approach and analysis that Maharal is going to see weiter in the Tzach Hadash Bachav. That means the show will continue tomorrow. Um, 9.15, right? 9.15? Sure.